This is Retelling the Bible, a podcast dedicated to helping you hear familiar biblical stories in new ways. I am your storyteller, W. Scott McCandless. The point of this podcast is not to establish the actual historical events that stand behind biblical stories so much as it is to help us to hear them as the writers intended them to be heard and as the original hearers would have done so. In this inaugural season, we are focusing on the Gospel of Luke's account of a journey made by Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Today we catch up to them as they make a gruesome discovery. Episode 5 A Stark Warning There is nothing left but smoldering ruins. The village looks as if it had been about the size of Nazareth, and that fact alone makes a shiver run down both Mary and Joseph's back. They walk forward in silence, their mouths gaping at all the senseless destruction that they see. Why? Mary demands would do something like this? What possible reason could they have to destroy like this? But Joseph is the only one there, and he can offer no explanation. He finds the whole thing just as bewildering as she does. They make their way through the center of the village, what used to be a village, passing by a central plaza. It was a Jewish village. They can tell that by the marks on many doorposts of the houses and by many other subtle signs that only another Jew would notice. They can't help but imagine how the people here must have met each Sabbath in this plaza to hear the scriptures and to pray. Now all they find in the center of the plaza is a Roman spear planted in the ground a stark and ominous sign. At the far end of the village, they finally see someone. He's an old man. His clothes are torn and his head is covered with ashes. He walks about almost in a trance. But when Joseph calls to him, he approaches. What has happened here? Joseph asks the man gently. Who has done this evil thing? It was the Romans. Who else? Says the man. He almost spits the words out. They came with their swords and with their fire, and they destroyed everything. They have killed all my family. They left only me. It was not out of kindness. They said that we had ties to Judas of Galilee, the rebel leader. And who knows, 
Perhaps it was true that some of the families here had been supplying Judas's men. I don't think it mattered much to them whether it was true or not, though. They were looking to make a statement. They certainly have made one, Mary says. They told me that I was to tell everyone who passed this way what they had done and why, the man continues. They say that they will do the same to anyone who supports the rebels or even listens to their ideas. Mary and Joseph look at each other, wordlessly agreeing that they will not say a word about their home village or their destination. They can say or do nothing to console the man in his loss. They invite him to share in their meager evening meal, but once the meal is over, they pack up quickly and move on, eager to put distance between themselves and this village of death. going to take the Gospel of Luke's setting of the birth of Jesus, sometime around the events that took place in the year 6 CE, seriously, you have to take into account the whole picture. We know, particularly from the historical writings of Flavius Josephus, that the census that was taken by the governor Quirinius that year was extremely unpopular and that it actually inspired a popular uprising led by a man named Judas the Galilean. Josephus's writings also indicate that the Romans responded to this revolt with their usual efficient brutality, and that they particularly targeted anyone who they saw as sympathetic to or supportive of the revolt. What's more, we know that the author of the Gospel of Luke was aware of this revolt, and that it happened at the same time because he mentions it in his other book, the Book of Acts. That is why I felt that it was necessary to set aside the assumption that we usually make that everything was normal when Mary and Joseph made that journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. All of the evidence seems to point to the conclusion that such a journey at such a time would have been extremely dangerous. Why then did they make it? As we have previously noted, the usual explanation that is given, the assumption that this journey was forced upon them by the Roman census takers, doesn't really make any sense. So, is there a better explanation? one that actually fits with the historical situation and the way that people thought of it at the time. I happen to believe that there is, and we will start to get into that explanation next time on Retelling the Bible. I hope you are enjoying this podcast. Invite your friends to listen too, and then invite the world to listen by leaving a top rating and writing a review on iTunes. I am your host, W. Scott McCandless. You can find me on Twitter at Retelling Bible or on the Facebook page for this podcast. The role of Mary was played 
by Gabrielle McCandless in this episode. More information to provide background to these stories can be found in my book, Caesar's Census, God's Jubilee. The theme music on this episode is Ah Da by Kevin MacLeod. The episode music is River Fire, also by Kevin MacLeod. Both can be found at incompetech.com and are licensed under the Creative Commons. Here is the clickbait title for next week's episode. It is amazing what you learn the first time you have a truly honest conversation with your husband. <laughs>